Gun. Damn you, Tannen! No. I'd gun. Damn you. I'd gun. Damn you. To hell! Alright everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, always joined with me is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hola. Happy New Year, everybody. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, episode 117 of Gundam. And in this episode, we're just going to have one supersized topic. We'll call this Giant Size 117 of Gundam at MHQ. And uh, this is an extra special one because we have a guest. Um, MHQ's own Destiny Gundam. Yes. He'll be joining us for our, our review of the recently completed Japanese anime of Muv Love Alternative Total Eclipse. And uh, we'll be discussing uh, the show that just recently completed. And Peter's going to go into uh, a lot of the Muv Love universe and some of the things that influenced uh, this anime and uh, some of the other accompanying medias with it. So uh, definitely sit back for that. But um, before that, Chris Solbro, do you have anything before we start jumping into some news? No, I'm, I'm excited about the of the news that we've missed over the last couple of weeks, thanks to uh, all the vacation in there. Yeah, have at it. Exactly. So now, and I, I think Soul Bro, we need to one of these days. You and I need to get a um, one of these joiner things going because I want like newsy news, newsy music going. It's like <laughs> from the Larry King Studios. <laughs> I've got the some Jeff Daniel Studios. No man. <laughs> Yes, coming from the Larry King Memorial Newsroom, uh, we're going to be doing some Neo's Listener Submitted News articles, uh, where you can always post those on the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the MechaTalk forum. But before we begin uh, these your news articles, um, I just want to uh, I just want to touch upon something and. In the past, uh, me and Chris have always given Solbro crap about this, and that's uh, Solbro's uh, pension for uh, online petitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, though, I found an online petition that I'm actually supporting, Oh, uh, and I, I encourage everyone to support, and I heard there's one that uh, is going against it, but I kind of feel bad for them, but it's the, it's the online petition to deport um, Piers Morgan. Um, I don't care about his views on gun control. I just think he should be deported regardless, because we don't need him here in America. As, uh, <laughs> but on the flip side, I saw that there's, a, there's an online petition in um, Britain, in the UK, saying, please don't let him back in. Exactly. <laughs> And I recently saw a uh, about this um, a quote from uh, Jeremy Clarkson from uh, Top Gear saying, uh, "It took us forty years to get rid of him. Let's not let's not bring him back." <laughs> so, <laughs> I would like to uh, encourage everyone to sign that petition because uh, he just needs to go, and uh, then maybe we'll start another petition to get uh, Lord King back his spot there. 
because man, Pierce, he screwed it up. Ooh. But uh, so, Soul Bro, um, I, I, I will not make fun of your online petitioning from this point on because now I have to eat. So. <laughs> well, I am humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything for Chris. I'm sure he'll still crap on you for being in. <laughs> So we'll see. Indeed. But, uh, <laughs> but back to some news. And our first article here comes from, oh, batting off first article of 2013. Wouldn't you know it would come from an Australian? Yes. From the Melbourne Penitentiary in Australia. And uh, he's got an article here that comes from the anime news network and it gives the winners of um it says hong kong and indonesia won the second gundam model builders world cup and uh, there's an article here it talks and it's got some cool pics of some of the things that they um of some of the winners here it's uh, eddie nguyen any nguyen of hong kong in the open division uh he 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 won that one it's a competition dedicated to plastic models there's about 12 2000 entrants from 13 countries and territories so it's uh, pretty good his uh winning one was the project win Rizal fa plus fw entry which was inspired by the mobile suit Rizal and mobile suit gundam unicorn so and uh then they showed like the second place finalist which is the one uh, 100 age Titus by the Philippine by a Filipino entry, um, and there's a Zaku man. If you would, just, you'd see this. It was the third place in the open division. It's called the the Rizot, Zaku parentheses the Return of Johnny Ridden. Nice uh, was a um, from a South Korean entrance. So yeah, there's they have all the uh, different. Um, Oh, wow. There was a North American representative here, Angel Delacruz from California, and he was in, his entry was the dual Gundam. So there was, uh, there was regional, com- yeah, there was regional competitions held at five North American conventions. Huh. Maybe I should jump on this. Maybe I'll do on location next year for those regional things. But uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for uh, your submission, and uh, guards put him back to his cell. Uh, <laughs> Next one here comes from um, uh, Mobius Diablo, mm-hmm. and uh, this is more scary robots are going to kill us news. Uh, this looks like uh, he got this from, uh, it's called OuterBaronRobotics.com, and they show the features of an actual 57-centimeter tall humanoid robot. Ooh. And it's got, um, it's got some, uh, it's, it's got the specifics here. Oh, my God. It's got, it can, it can stay on battery power for one and a half or more hours, depending on what the usage is. Oh, that's enough time to kill you. Yes. And various communication devices, including a voice synthesizer, LED lights, and two high-fidelity speakers. Oh, my God. They're, they're going to get us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for making me clutch the tomes even more. The next one here comes from uh, Great American, Captain America. Yeah. Oh, man. That's Captain America. And he's got a... Um, He's got a, a submission here, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's about Gundam Breaker, and they released a teaser trailer showing a Gundam statue in Obadiah coming to life. And if uh, you go to his link here, um, 
It talks about this, and players can earn mobile suit parts by clearing missions in Gundam Breaker, and you can also get parts by defeating mobile suits or purchasing them. Scale is an important factor because you can only replace parts if they are the right size. So, wow, that's pretty cool stuff. So um, definitely check that out. You guys excited about uh, Gundam Breaker? I am, man. And when they, when they localize it for the United States, they're going to rename it Pimp My Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hoping and dreaming that this game might come to the U.S.? As much as I'd like it to come, I, I don't expect it to come since they have pretty much have stopped importing Gundam to the United States. I said, hey, guys, there. anything could happen. <laughs> Everything is possible. <laughs> Chris, are you okay? You just, you just have to have enough hopiness to believe that these things might happen. Oh, indeed. Indeed. I, I, I don't know where that part of me went. <laughs> Sober, why are you so jaded about stuff? Oh man, it's a new year. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I look forward to the, the chance it could come here, but man, uh, I haven't heard any kind of news on an American uh, release of this game, so I'll just I'll have to hold that L until otherwise. Well, maybe you should create an online petition. Hey, maybe you know that's a good idea. <laughs> and a Twitter campaign. Let's go. Hashtag hope. That's the best hashtag ever, guys. You got it. You got it. Hope. Well, thank you, Mr. Captain America, for your submission. Mm-hmm. The next one here comes from Burtman4. And this comes from io9.com. And it says, why Robotech is the greatest love story of the 20th century. Oh, man. And uh, it's a pretty long article, but uh, here are some of the key points. Love knows no bounds. Love is messy. <laughs> love hurts love is gross usually if you're doing it right mm-hmm. love is dumb love is all that really matters and uh, they, they go into some explanations of that so uh, guys do you agree with io9 that Robotech is the greatest love story of the 20th century <laughs> I, re- I think Macross might be better but I don't know I, <laughs> I, I read this article and uh, as much as I found it entertaining um I, I, you know, as as a as a child being exposed to this series, it was a good thing, you know. Um, and 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 seeing how that love triangle worked out in Macross was, was neat. It was something I'd never seen before. Is it the greatest love story ever told? I, I think it's one of the better love stories in anime, but uh, of all time, twentieth <laughs> century, not of all time, uh, of all time of the twentieth century. Uh, I I have to get back to you on that, Chris. What about you? The best. Of the 20th century? Uh, don't think so. Okay. <laughs> that honor goes to West Side Story. Two snaps. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Burtman, for your submission. The next one here ooh, comes from uh, Burtman 4 again. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from the Japan Times online. And uh, Bandai is, uh, a Bandai designer is trying to keep Gundam alive in models. And uh, he's uh, one of the character creators whose job is to come up with the ideas for new Gundam products. So it talks about some of the things that he, this person's doing to keep, um, keep that model machine going. So, um, you know, because without it, he'd probably lose his job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely uh, check that out. And thank you, Mr. Burtman4, for your submission. Next one here comes from... Haromeister. Oh, no. This is more... This comes from Engadget.com. 
Mm-hmm. They're now a private security drone that serves as your eyes while you're away. Yes, a company is now has a drone that can hover above your home <laughs> and keep uh, keep watch of it while you're gone. So it's about uh, you can rent one for about fifty eight dollars US. It's in it, this is in Japan, and they're gonna it's gonna start. Um, they start offering this service in April 2014. So it's uh, yes, it's um, it's got it looks like uh, it's got like four little um, four little rotors and God, it's got those weird camera eyes that all robot. That's going to be the eyes that are just going to be burned into our psyche when the robots rebel. And they <laughs> I just I just want to know: is this home security robot? Is it offered by Cyberdyne Systems? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't give the name of the let me see it doesn't it does not give the name of the manufacturer oh uh Ccom oh oh, that, oh man so that a that, subsidiary that, of Cyberdyne Systems only <laughs> <laughs> subsidiary either Cyberdyne Genom or uh, Megatech <laughs> well if it's Megatech that's cool yeah that is cool <laughs> if it's if it's Genom or or Cyberdyne then we are we are, we are proper effed <laughs> so thank you Mr Har oh. No, actually, Harlemeister's got another one here, and this is more scary drone news. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from the Business Insider, and it's talk. It's once again talking about the rise. It says, "Get ready for the rise of personal drones." I don't even like the way this title sounds. Anytime I hear the rise and anything dealing with robots, it's not a good thing. So it talks here like companies that FedEx are counting the days until drones are emitted in the standard U.S. airspace. And I guess the FAA is going to be allowing that starting in 2015, but they won't be able to fly higher than 400 feet above the ground and must be at least five miles away from the airport because FedEx wants to use this as a way to deliver packages. Oh, no. That's not going to be good. Packages of death. <laughs> raining down. Yes, yes. So I guess, um, oh man, there's also a bunch of people now. I guess there's a growing community of people that are building their own drones and stuff. So, oh my God, this is going to be bad. Whereas I, I need to, I need to get in the, the the ear of some generals and say we need to build a very large battleship that's called the Battlestar so we can uh, fight these robots. And uh, by the way, we need to um, make uh, Admiral James Olmos a an admiral. So. Thank you, Mr. Harlmeister, for your submission. Next one here comes from Vent Noir again. And this is from io9. And it's the 12 lessons that 2012 taught the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is, uh, oh, man, number two. This, is, this probably hits home to you, soul bro. Mm-hmm. It was, Nostalgia isn't necessarily a license to print money. <laughs> <laughs> It is if your name is Solbro. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, number one is it's making decent money. Movies, well, isn't that every year? <laughs> Wouldn't that be <laughs> Make a decent money. Movie, people will actually, people love, number three is people love mass culmination. Uh, four is China, future of the movies. Um, yeah, because a, uh, a lot of movies filming and being set there oh number five the lost era is over thank god oh uh, man it's, a, it's an era we don't want to revisit um next one here uh female characters with agency are hot number seven the only way to cash in on a publicly publishing sensation is to delve into fantasy number eight arrows are awesome oh uh, man 
I guess the Green Arrow show. Yeah, that is that is the Green Arrow show I've been watching, and it's 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 not bad. It's not bad. Number nine, big books do better on television than in movies. Uh, Ten, noir is fundamental. (laughs) Number eleven, we want heroes who are actually heroic. And number twelve, use a genre to tell a story, not to comment on the story. <laughs> you guys uh, agree with any of these uh, these lessons that were supposedly taught to the entertainment industry? I wasn't paying attention. Well, there you go. <laughs> I I agree with pretty much all, all they all they brought up because um uh it, just after seeing how this year played out and 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 the, definitely the definitely the lost era is over. Um, I didn't know that China was the future of movies though. Oh man! But um, apparently Looper benefited from that. It's talking about um a lot of filmings being done there yeah. and there's also you know some some movies had that as a backdrop for you know yeah transformers 4 in part is being filmed there so um who knew um but uh the number one uh, one where it says it's worth making decent movies that's probably the best lesson of all and um they use avengers as an example and that movie was great so i i can't disagree with this list Shouldn't that be an ongoing mantra instead of a lesson learned in 2012? I would hope so. <laughs> That's a lesson that should have been learned in like 1912. Indeed. <laughs> All right, Chris, anything on the, any of those things? I know, I know you aren't listening, but maybe you still want to comment on something, even though you don't know what we're talking about. I have no idea what's going on. And uh, Brent Noir has another article here um, talking about the Majestic Prince robot anime is slated for April. So it's a... 2013 robot television uh it's going to premiere in april of this year and um so yeah we'll keep you posted on that and um maybe maybe we'll talk about in the future who knows but thank you mr vent noir for your submission uh next one here comes from oh shoot oh comes from bloody night and this is talking computer. Why are you? It's every time I talk bad about the robots, the computer here starts um, rebelling against me. It's listening. Fourth Yamat Yamato uh, twenty 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 one ninety nine anime films. First ten minutes are being streamed online. So if you get the Bandai Channel or sources that somehow get the Bandai Channel, the mm-hmm. first ten installment of Space Battleship twenty one ninety nine. Uh, TV series film project can be viewed, and uh, so yeah, definitely uh, check that out. That um, I'm sure the nor the normal pre-order places might have it. So thank you, Mister Bloody Knight, for your submission. Next one here comes from Rodimus seventy six, and this is coming from the Geek Tyrant website. And J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams, you know this guy, right? Um, you've heard about this movie, Star Yeah, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the Kirk and the Khan and all that stuff. And uh, I guess he did a really nice thing. Um, I guess there was a dying fan whose biggest uh, he, guy had, like, diagnosed with leukemia and his dying wish was to see star trek into the darkness early or at least the nine minute preview and abrams came through with him by showing him a rough cut of full film so that's that's actually kind of cool so the guy's actually got a um he's got he's got a sensitivity gene in him that's nice i hope um if i get 
diagnosed with leukemia or something like that, you guys would reach out to um, Sir Bay and, and have him uh, come by and because no. I'd like I'd like to blow up something before I die with him. No, <laughs> with every bit of my being. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it's confirmed, but I believe I'd heard yesterday that this guy's dead now. So well, that stinks. Well, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's a shame, man. It's, it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting because you know J.J. Uh, Abrams is very secretive about a lot of his projects. And the fact that he did something like this, uh, I think, kind of caught everybody by surprise. Well, if you think about it, the death is the best NDA there is. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I mean, it, from from a from a Hollywood standpoint, yeah. What better NDA is there than death? Yeah, and it sounds like that you know because this guy could he um he wanted this to is a guy who's like in his in his final moments practically yeah. from from what he I had said nine minute trailer and he probably wasn't even able to go to go see the Hobbit to see it so you know it's they probably had to come to him yeah that's uh, that stinks but uh, pretty cool so God is wish you, you you can believe in wishes right Chris all wishes can come true if you if you hope and dream enough they're going to come uh, they're going to come true for you. If you believe it, it'll happen. Oh, yeah. Anything, no matter what. Just just believe it. All right. Well, thank you. And the next one here comes from Vent Noir. And this is from io9. And this is actually a pretty long article, but it's got, we, I can just kind of skim through it a little bit. Uh, the 77 science fiction and fantasy movies to watch out for in 2013. Ooh. And man, as I scan through this thing, there is a lot of stuff coming out that is in science fiction and fantasy. Of course, <laughs> things like Iron Man 3, Thor, Pacific Rim, Star Trek, and stuff like that. I didn't even know they were doing a Hansel and Gretel movie. I mean, that's kind of right uh, by the picture here are taking it to, uh, what was it, the evil witch or whatever, or that evil woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gretel's got a crossbow and uh, looks like Hansel has a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie's right around the corner, too. Yeah, lots of, lots of little things. Oz the Great and Powerful. Ooh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Can't wait for that. The movie's so good they had to push it back another year. Nice. Couldn't, couldn't have us... Uh, Go on um, all that goodness there. Evil Dead. I didn't realize that they're remaking Evil Dead. <laughs> I'm surprised they are for such a big cult favorite. There's only so many times you can re-release it on DVD and Blu-ray before you just have to remake it. <laughs> like I guess Sam Raimi's involved in this remake, huh? Even uh, even even Bruce Campbell gave it his blessing. So um, yeah, but Sam Raimi uh, and and the Raimi gang are are producing this film. Um. Yeah. There's a lot. Ooh. After Earth. Ooh. This. Oh no. Don't watch this one. It's Will Smith and his son Jaden. Yeah. Don't watch that. Ooh. Ooh. Here. Ooh. Man of Steel. I know Chris is excited about uh July, June 14th when the Man of Steel comes back because he's a huge, hu- huge Soups fan. <laughs> I'll 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 see it if there's uh some kneeling before Zod. Ooh. There you go. And seven days after that, Chris, you can go another huge movie. I know you're excited about World War Z. Um, very faithful to the book from what I hear. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so there you go. And, oh. uh, and, and that Brad Pitt is Leon Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> In July, the movie I want to see just because I want to see how the hell it cost $250 million, The Lone Ranger. Uh, because it's a western, and it just even if you're giving um, Johnny Depp a boatload of money, how do you spend uh, a quarter of a billion dollars on a western? 
<laughs> and of course, uh, July 12th is Pacific Rim, the, the going to be probably the biggest of all of uh, the movie releases that, um, that this year. Ooh, July 26th, The Wolverine. And uh, right after that will be Smurfs 2. So I know you guys are excited about that. Uh, they're redoing They're doing a 300. It's a prequel, but yeah. No, we'll not. Uh, just let it be. Ooh, Riddick's coming up. Oh, that sounds exciting. Elysium with uh, Matt Damon's coming up, too. Um, that That's the movie with the coordinators. Oh, the coordinators, huh? Oh, yeah. Man, is, uh, is Patrick Zala going to be in this? Kill all the humans. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see uh, that one guy get immolated for 19 more times. Yes, yes. Uh, ooh, they redid Carrie. Oh, they're doing an Ender's Game movie, too? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh. Chris, The Hunger Games Part Two. You're excited about that, right? The continuation. Oh, so yes, yes. Yeah, As she saves the world, and then in December, um, oh God, more four hours more of boring. Uh, the second part of The Hobbit goes out there. So damn. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, any of that stuff excites you guys? Are you are you getting a little rambaral with any of those? Uh, <laughs> I, I just love everything. Everything, everything is hopeful. Everything is amazing. It is a pretty good season of movies coming up, man. I'm, I'm I am looking forward to seeing uh, quite a bit of these. So awesome! All right, well, um, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Next one here comes from Harrow Master, and this is robot rock band news from for me. And uh, I actually saw this, and it's somebody had created three robots. Uh, to play Ace of Spades by Motorhead. <laughs> and it's actually kind of funny because it shows you how good the drummer was for Motorhead at that time because the robot has four arms, yet humans only have two. So, um, yeah, there's uh, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. So definitely uh, check that out. And thank you, Mr. Haro Meister, for your submission. Uh, next one here comes from The Goose, and this is actually kind of funny in a lot of ways. This comes from comicbookresources.com. I guess a man proposed to his girlfriend by giving her a version of the arc, uh, the Iron Man arc reactor, the one that Tony Stark has. Ooh. <laughs> Little did Sarah Carter know. Ooh, that's close to Sarah Connor. Hmm, maybe she's gonna, uh, maybe they, these people will... Uh, uh, have the savior of, of all humanity from the robots. No, begin when she began referring to her uh, modeling junkie boyfriend uh, as Tony Stark, that he created an arc, she was calling him that, and he created an arc reactor replica uh, that was in the work for his, um, his proposal to her. So um, I'm, sure, I'm sure in reality she'd probably want what Tony Stark, could really give a woman and that'd be like you know a 19 karat diamond ring so <laughs> a replica of the arc reactor that doesn't even work so um but the the ring is inside of it right her, the wedding ring that uh he wanted to give her uh is inside the arc reactor if i rec- if i recall I, i'm looking at it right here look at that. Just, that just use it as a box it's kind of a cool thing but still um what are you doing uh <laughs> <laughs> it's about as bad as putting the ring in the tiramisu at the freaking restaurant, you know? It's come on, really. Let's be grown ups for once. Um thank Damn. you for 
Goose for your submission. Next one here comes from Vent Noir, and this is the final one of Neo's listener submitted news. And it's it's funny. It's he's the alpha and the omega for this uh, for this part of the news. And uh, this comes from the TorontoSun.com. And uh, Guillermo del Toro, we've heard about this guy, right? And uh, he's saying that the Pacific Rim AI is paying homage to Portal's GLaDOS. So, um, you know, that it's. I remember seeing that on some people making um, YouTube comments on the trailer about that earlier. And I guess now he's kind of confirming that it is an homage to that. So definitely some cool stuff. And we'll definitely keep you um, uh, posted on everything with Pacific Rim. And I I imagine we will have the, once the movie comes out, we will have the Pacific Rim Gundam blowout of uh, all things Pacific Rim, right? And all things Stringer Bell. Because uh, we'll probably have to uh, be be more in the way that Stringer gets killed in this one. Oh. (laughs) Hey, man, the apocalypse is canceled. That's all I know. Would it be? It's probably some kaiju that there. When it shows up, you just hear people in the background. Omar coming. Kaiju coming. (laughs) Omar kaiju coming. (laughs) So uh, that's it for the news, and uh, thank you everyone for your submissions. And if you have any submissions, go to the Neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And uh, before we go into our first topic, I was told, now it went on a little bit of a hiatus. We, we all know what happened in 2012, that there was some uh, rough patches that happened with uh, Soul Bros, Hopers, and Dreamers corner. But uh, Soul Bro told me, you cannot kill the Hopes and Dreams because they're back. That's and right. The first installment of Hopes and Dreamers corner for 2013. So I'm giving this over to Soul Bro and... I don't know if Chris will, I don't know what he'll do on this, so uh, we'll have to see. But Soul Bro. Indeed. <laughs> well, we cleaned up the corner, and we're and we back, as they say. We're back. And um, the Hopers and Dreamers corner returns. We pick up where we left off. We haven't done it since episode 112, so it's been five episodes since, uh, since that old, uh, <laughs> since we've been able to get back into this. And uh, thank you for your patience. Um, we'll go ahead and kick things off with our next submission, which is by uh, listener Varnus, who's coming live also from the, uh, the, the penal colony of Australia. <laughs> Varnus is awesome, though. I, 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 my, my head, what's that? What correctional facility is he at? Is he at the Melbourne one or the Sydney one? I don't know. Maybe he's in Perth. I have no clue. <laughs> uh, Australian criminals, when you uh, post anything, please uh, let us know what uh, facility you're, getting, you're uh, contacting us from. And, uh, represent. <laughs> But um, he writes, is it wrong for me to want to hope and dream for a villain that isn't covered in char cliches and it can actually last more than 10 minutes against the protagonist on multiple occasions? Well, no, it's not wrong at all to, to, to want that, Varnus. Not in the slightest. Um, I, I'm in full agreement with you. Um, these rivals, uh, they need to teach the, the, the main character a harsh lesson from the get-go. <laughs> And then the character needs to to, to to fear that rival so that, that 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 way they get better as they as they go up against them more often than not. But um, I I gotta ask Chris um, uh, is it is it wrong for him to hope and dream for this? No, all hopes and dreams are fantastic and amazing. <laughs> so I guess I guess your your hope and dream would is with Farnes that their the shark cliches just go away and these villains create their own cliche and that will happen. Who is this person on the mic? That's all what I want to know. <laughs> I think it is Chris. <laughs> Been acting strange lately, but man, 
Oh, there you go. Well, all right. Well, we got our response, and uh, we will move on to the next submitter. Which guys, is- you just have to be open minded. There's no, there's no need for such hatred and 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 bitterness. <laughs> so you're saying if we wish hard enough, it will happen. Anything can happen if you wish hard enough. Anything. Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know well all right and uh our our next submitter is mobius diablo the devil himself and he writes and there he is the dream killer himself he wrote that in response to one of chris's uh old 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 responses but um he writes on i would like to age to be i would like age to be either redone competently and perhaps one generation equals one movie or get the g savior treatment Doom it to obscurity forever. <laughs> well, damn, those are um, the the second one is pretty extreme. But uh, a retake on age, it would be kind of cool. But I don't think they're gonna go back to scorched earth, <laughs> to be honest. But um, it is something that could use a rewrite, and um, I, you know, much like Destiny could. But the energy put into it, will they do it? I don't know. But um, Chris, uh, any thoughts on this? Absolutely, anything goes. Just go for it, man. Go for it. <laughs> Should he maybe do like a petition that's online to maybe online petitions are amazing. And they get work done. They do. <laughs> Soon oh. Piers Morgan will be deported. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> Quick, I'm going to Hopers of Dreamers Corner. <laughs> So, bro, if I wish hard enough, will Piers Morgan go away? <laughs> and Larry King come back? Might. It, may, it could happen. <laughs> I don't even care about Larry King at this point. I just want Piers Morgan to go. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. Um, I guess we should uh, move on to the next submitter. Uh, Flame X. He writes, I'll one-up you there for uh, Vivid. Uh, I guess uh, that's in response to something. Um, it'd be refreshing to see a visual key artist slash band do music for a new uh, actually i should go back and read what he's responding to um this is flame x he actually responded to um flame uh to die gundam lagan who writes one more a new macro city in the new macro series in the vein of max 7 where vivid is the main band with atsuko maeda as one of the female protagonists and then uh he responds i'll one-up you there for vivid uh it'd be fresh it would be refreshing to see a visual key artist slash band do music for a new Macross series. Also recruit Luna C, uh, Jan D'Arc, and maybe Gact as rival musicians to add to the story. Just to add to another dream, give me domestic release of the entire Macross franchise. That includes the music and toys as well. Well, that is a, that's a very tall hope and dream right there. The whole, <laughs> the whole release of the Macross franchise? Man, um, damn. Uh, I don't think we'll see that in our lifetimes. But um, it's, it's, it's a nice hope and dream, man. I, I would, it could happen. Oh, shit. <laughs> if you want it bad enough, you can make it happen. Oh, damn, man. I know, man. Just just clutch those hopes. Clutch them tightly like the robot tomes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, uh, the, the Macross uh, franchise coming to the States or to the rest of the world, uh, I, 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 I don't think we'll see it for a very long time, if at all. Oh, who's why, the pessimist? You, who's the dream you, killer on this one? Why are you one? so jaded, man? You seem yeah. to open your mind to the possibilities. Hey, man, I, talk I, about I, dream killer. I know. Oh, my goodness. 
What, what is going on here? Because now Soulbro is killing the dreams and Chris is encouraging them. What is going on here? I feel like I'm in a weird, bizarro world. <laughs> the script has been flipped. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, well, um, it, it, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next submission. And um, the next submitter is none other than Kei Katsuragi. I have another dream. I want Harmony Gold to commit corporate suicide. So, <laughs> so Flame X's dream will come true. Well, all right. <laughs> that might be more. That might actually happen in our lifetime um, with the way things have been going with Harmony Gold. Uh, I don't know if it's going to affect Macross all that much, but um, it, 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 Harmony Gold takes a bath. Um, that 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 may actually be to have some basis in reality with some of the developments that have been going on with them as of recently. Uh, Chris, sure. Anything goes. <laughs> You're so specific. Yeah, but but it's but isn't this got a little a little uh, this is a bad hope and dream though? Because if the company goes down, then there are innocent people that work for this company that would lose their jobs. So that their their hope and dream would be crushed. That so is this is, is a hope and dream that's actually crushed. hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I, everything comes at a cost. <laughs> Sometimes you have to break eggs to make an omelet. A hope omelet and a dream and, and, and some dream scrambled eggs. But all right, our last submission for the for the time being is, oh, <laughs> is from none other than Yazi88. And he writes, I want a female masked rival in the Gundam series for once rather than masked dudes. It might even help with competent female characters, especially pilots in the Gundam franchise. Well, this might be the tallest dream I've heard today. <laughs> <laughs> So so tall and 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 so beautiful. Um, I, I would like to see that too. Uh, the question is, will Bandai be brave enough to do that and uh, make profit? They've had they've had some. Uh, the most recent Gundam series had nothing but male protagonists and 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 poorly written females. So maybe they could use for a change of pace. But uh, that doesn't mean it'll happen. <laughs> they may continue to beat a dead horse with uh with male antagonists and protagonists, but um. Uh, who knows what the future can bring, Chris? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh man, man, so in depth. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And um, I, if anything, that is uh, that'll bring the Soul Bros uh, uh, Hopers and Dreamers corner to an end this episode. Thank and, God. Uh, thank everybody for their submissions. I really appreciate it. And um, back to you, Neil. Oh wow, that was um, that was that was riveting stuff. So there you go, guys. Um, all your hopes and dreams were dashed. But um, all right, so well, we're going to be back in a little bit with our first and only segment talking about Love, Love, Alternative, Total Eclipse. You're listening to Gundam and MHQ. We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. 
Kiefer, who was that? Come damn it, Mom, I told you to knock before you come in. Next on Fighters Ready. Well, uh, the award for the first one, which is the award for the dope fighting game that no one is playing online. Uh, <laughs> drum roll, please. Yes, cue of the drum roll. It, of course, is none other than JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they didn't see that one coming, but... Oh, my gosh. Can you tell them why? With virtually no competition online anymore. Mm-hmm. So... Once you became the best whole horse in the nation, everybody bowed out. I, I literally tried a couple weeks ago to get a match online, and it would take almost 10 minutes to find somebody. And if it and if I did find somebody, of course it was in Japan, which that's the way most of the fights went on this game. But oh, yeah. ten minutes to get someone to fight, and you'd play that person like once or twice, and they would be done. So it's pretty scarce out there. Damn man, and that's bone what, dry. It it sucks when your favorite game becomes a ghost town online, man. You know, it's just you just see the tumbleweeds rolling by as you're sitting there waiting for a match to be, the queue yeah. up, and and that's that's booty, man. Well, now that the anime started out, maybe you can find some more competition online. Now that the anime is on TV. Maybe some people rocking Joseph, man. Maybe. But anyways, the award for the most nickel and diming fighting game ever is none other than Street Fighter Cross Tekken. <laughs> winning this winning this award wholehandedly for the on disc DLC. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Me being the ass that went and paid sixteen hundred Microsoft points to unlock the other fucking characters. Me for being such a slub, man. <laughs> <laughs> me for not holding my own i went and bought those characters i deserve every bit of disgust that you guys have to offer thank you i'll take this award in place of capcom thank you very much (laughs) thank you everybody (laughs) ernest hemingway once wrote the world is a fine place and worth fighting for Fighters ready. I agree with the second part. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes Pretentious Internet Theater. In about ten minutes, he's going to be as sober as a priest on Sunday. Ten minutes? Why do we have to cut these things so goddamn close? Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and for this segment, we're going to be discussing a mecha series that recently concluded its broadcast in Japan, and that is Muv Love Alternative Total Eclipse. And for this segment, we are joined by special guest Peter. 
Yeah. Hey guys, you ready to uh, love some loves? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you were waiting all day to say that, weren't you? Awesome. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, Peter, why don't you briefly, and by briefly I mean in less than five hours, <laughs> some background on... <laughs> On the various uh, Muvlove entries before we jump into Total Eclipse. Don't worry, I uh, prepared for this beforehand. Okay, so um, Muvlove is a uh, visual novel produced by the company called Age. And Age is uh, mostly known for their, uh, it's technically their second work called uh, Kimiga no Zomu Eiin, which was the anime for which was released over here as uh, Rumbling Hearts. I don't mm-hmm. know if any of you guys have seen that. But uh, so Muvla was initially marketed as a kind of spin-off sequel from that, and initially, like all the marketing and stuff, is just like, oh, it's your typical high school romance, like porn game, basically. <clears throat> and the first part of the game called Muvla Extra is very much like that. And then, except once you clear the two main heroines' routes, like the title screen changes, and it unlocks this thing called Muvla Unlimited, which sees the main character from Extra. He wakes up in a destroyed town with a giant robot crushing his childhood friend's house and naturally his first reaction is oh my god a real giant robot awesome (laughs) and he gets roped into the military and all this stuff happens and then there's a uh, not too happy ending as is often the case with this series So, so that was the whole like bait and switch where it's like oh it's oh it's just your typical harem romance whatever nothing big deal it's like oh my god all these robots and aliens and destruction and so that was what made it stick out to people now the the uh there are three games that were originally supposed to be released simultaneously but only uh, extra and unlimited actually got released first in 2003 and then the third game of love alternative kept getting delayed and it ended up getting delayed for like three years. So it became like internet meme status, like Duke Nukem Forever. It's just that A, it didn't take that long for it to come out, and B, it was actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) So Alternative sees the main character. He winds up at the beginning of Unlimited, except he remembers everything, and he, or mostly everything, and he, his body kept all of his military training. So he's determined to make sure the bad future doesn't happen so he goes around changing the course of events and things get a lot worse before they get better oh wow (laughs) and um so yeah it's like uh alternative is consistently rating rated as the number one visual novel in japan and also like you got english like database sites that also rank it as number one I mean, for a while, the whole franchise was like Crossbone Gundam, where it's like, oh, it's this thing that's in Japan, but it's so awesome, even though we never get to play it and stuff, until, uh, I don't know how long ago, but it, it event, all three eventually did get translated into English, mm-hmm. and unlike Crossbone, it was actually as good as people thought it was going to be. <laughs> What's the matter? Why don't you blindly love Crossroad? It's, it's, it's the best thing, guys. <laughs> Throw, you mean that? Uh, you, mean, you mean Saji? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Crossroad Gundam. <laughs> that, that's an abomination that should never, never exist. Oh. 
Yeah. So naturally, something as huge, it gets like a ton of spinoffs, lots of merchandising. Though for the most part, it's only been kept to like uh, light novels, more visual novels, uh, manga, and um, like photo novels, that kind of stuff. But Total Eclipse is the very first like animated installment that mm-hmm. actually takes place in the version with the aliens and stuff. And everybody was kind of baffled as to why Total Eclipse is getting, was getting an anime before anything else. Because uh, it was a light novel series that actually stopped like partway, like the anime covers like what the light novels did, but it got stopped because they decided to turn it into a visual novel, mm-hmm. which uh, is going to be released for the Xbox 360 and uh, PS3 sometime this year. So I guess, if anything, they probably picked Total Eclipse as a like marketing for that, so there's no heart and soul in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so in the alternative universe, which at this point is really no different from the Unlimited one, uh, you got these aliens called the Beta who have shown up and are pretty much just steamrolling everything. Uh, humanity's really screwed. They got giant robots, and... Uh, that's pretty much where the bulk of the story is about, just trying to fight to survive against the beta. And uh, some background, it takes place in an uh, alternate history where um, I think the first major chain, it change is uh, World War II, that uh, they dropped the A-bombs on Berlin rather than Japan. So, and uh, Japan surrendered when the, the Allied forces made landfall. Mm-hmm. That's why Japan is a lot better off in this universe, and they still have an imperial like system set up. Like they got an emperor, and they got a shogun, and uh, so there's a lot of um, like tension between countries because um, like you still had the American occupation of Japan, but America kind of turned tailed and ran as soon as the beta showed up. <laughs> which is why Japan is not very happy with the Americans because they kind of just left them high and dry. And why don't you uh, explain to our listeners? Uh what that horrible acronym of BETA stands for. Because <laughs> I don't even want to try. That's all you. Yeah. Um, crap, I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's, uh, yeah. The, uh, being, yeah, clearly you're prepared. <laughs> beings of the extraterrestrial origin, which is adversary of human race. That's what BETA means? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I thought they were tapes. I thought they were fish. Terrifying <laughs> aliens, but no, they had to <laughs> have this huge acronym. Hey, it works, man. Like, <laughs> these, these, uh, I don't even think anything in Gundam Seed can top that. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some stuff in Seed that comes close. Some of the ridiculous. Oh, God, those acronyms. Acronyms for, for Gundam that they come up with later on that are pretty bad, but Beta probably ranks amongst the worst. Mm hmm. And uh, another major timeline difference is that for the uh, cold, like the Cold War still happened. It's just that instead of an arms race, it was they focused more on the space race, mm-hmm. which is why they had they, um, which is why they uh, had a Mars lander in like the fifties, and that's where they first discovered the Beta was on Mars. Yeah, and then the Beta eventually made their way to the Moon, where humans had a Moon base already, and. Uh, Basically, the whole moon thing it can sum- be summed up by one soldier's description of the moon was hell. Because <laughs> you have these, um, I mean, they kind of had the, like, the space mecha, which was just for like construction and stuff like that. And uh, the first uh, TSF or tactical surface fighter was made by the Americans. 
And the uh, the thing with the TSF is that they're all named after real real <laughs> world fighter craft. Mm-hmm. Like the Raptor. Yeah, the Raptor. And the first one was the um, Phantom, which uh, like they all got sent. They're um, domestic versions for each country because America like sold it off because America is sitting pretty because um, like the beta operate out of hives. Right. And all the hives pretty much are in uh, Europe, in Asia, whereas one hive landed in, uh, in uh, Canada, in Saskatchewan. But uh, the Americans, they uh, pounded it with nukes right away. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, they'd have a Sucks Canada for you. <laughs> but at least they don't have the beta to worry about. <laughs> so it's more like tensions because like, oh, America, they're better off than everybody else. So they all act like they're like, they're all so great. And um, and people are also suspicious of them because um, a lot of their TSF are like really good at fighting other TSF rather than the beta. Like you have the Raptors with the whole stealth technology. Stealth is absolutely worthless against the beta. So it's like, wait, why are you guys developing stealth technology? <laughs> so, anyways, the core well, wouldn't, of wouldn't stealth be uh, handy against a laser class? No, the beta don't operate on radar or anything like that. So it wouldn't work on the laser class then? No, it wouldn't. Like Stealth is absolutely worthless against the beta. Like camouflage, that's why you have like Yui's yellow Takamikajisi, even though it's like would really stand out, but it doesn't matter because the beta don't care about camouflage. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you just got to prepare for all contingencies. Yeah, well, I mean, once the beta are taken care of, you've got to take over the world, probably, right? I mean, that's exactly what it is, and that's why people aren't too happy with America about it. But oh, any yeah. country would do that, so why, why be pissed off at America for it? I think one of the biggest things about the show is that the Cold War still is raging on. Yes. And that's, that's the, I think that's the sole reason for that, is that no country trusts each other. The UN is, uh, unstable at best. Yeah. And, um, and, and then you got like the tensions between Soviet, uh, Russia and, um, America and then China and, you know, it's, it, that's one of the cooler aspects of the show. Yeah, definitely. Like this, like Total Eclipse focused more on like the human relations rather than what like everybody actually wanted. And it's not about like fighting beta all the time. Mm-hmm. Which All right, I'm so okay let's, with that. But. Let's jump into the show proper, which uh, starts in uh, 1998, I believe, for the first two episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you see um, this young girl, this teenager, uh, Yui Nakamura, Takamura. and she's she's part of. Um, a special Japanese family because, you know, this series is all like, fuck yeah, Japan, Royal Guard, et cetera, et cetera, Imperial Japan. And uh, she's in school with all of these uh, girls. They're all training to be pilots. Mm-hmm. And everything just seems normal, like your typical schoolgirl robot thing until there's a beta attack. And they're thrust into the battlefield despite being just trainees. And things don't go very well because they get killed and eaten in pretty gruesome ways. One thing that's mentioned a lot in the first two episodes is surviving the first eight minutes of death. Yeah. Because most soldiers who fight the beta are likely to die within eight minutes, but Mm -hmm. if you survive that eight minutes of death, you have earned a distinction. So, of course, (laughs) as soon as one girl, she's like, "Eh, I survived the first eight minutes of death! Yeah! Boom! (laughs) She gets killed. Destroyer Uh, class always has right of way. (laughs) Yeah, things go crazy when their instructor gets killed, and then they start panicking, oh, and a whole bunch more die after that. Poor mm-hmm. class out of nowhere. 
And then finally, uh, at the end of the second episode, Yui is unable to um, mercifully kill her friend, her rival, who's getting chomped on by Beta, and you see her just being slowly chomped to pieces. Yeah. Though the uncensored Blu-ray version sees, like, you see the um, shadow projected on the wall and her get just getting, like, t- torn apart and her, like, head so- rolling to Yui's feet. <laughs> yeah, some nasty stuff. But even with the censored version, you can just tell by implication and camera movements what's going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can tell that there's a rolling head even though it's all blacked out. So we jump forward three years and get the actual opening sequence for the show because the first two are, are um, a fake-out opening. Mm-hmm. So you don't know that everyone's going to die and that the <laughs> actual show is about totally different people aside from Yui. So we're in this base in Alaska in the Yukon, and she is with the UN, and she's ahead of this uh, XFJ development project to create a new TSF. And um, since it's the UN, of course, there's an international team, and one of the members is the actual main character of the show, Yuya Bridges, who is um, what you might call a halfy because he's <laughs> half Japanese, half American. And not but happy about it. He's not happy about it. He is uh, very anti-Japan and tries to deny his Japanese heritage as much as possible. And naturally, he clashes with Yui a lot in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Basically, he's just sort of like a, uh, an Isamu Dyson, for lack of a better description. <laughs> yeah, the whole like, show's premise gets compared a lot to like Top Gun and um, Macross Plus. Mm-hmm. He's totally Isamu. He just has like all of the like hotshot asshole mentality that mm-hmm. Isamu does, and uh, he's a real jerk at first. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got this team that consists of him, um, BG, a sort of playboy Italian guy, uh, Stella Bremer, who's a very busty chick from I believe Sweden. Oh yes, yeah, Sweden. <laughs> A little uh, short, flat-chested firecracker named Teresa, who I forget where she's from, like Nepal. Nepal. Yeah. yeah. She's a uh, Gurkha. So they are testing out all of uh, the stuff on this new, uh, this new mecha, the Shiranui. And, of course, at first, Yuya's like, oh, this thing sucks. Japanese design sucks. This is a piece of crap. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then Yui counters with, no, you just suck. Yeah, you're just a shitty pilot. And you just blame the machine for your own failures. So eventually he starts to warm up to her just a little bit in part because of a two, two episode beach episode. There you go. (laughs) You don't get not just one episode, but two beach episodes. Two for the price of one. (laughs) Which involve him being stuck in a cave with Yui and um, Russian pilot uh, Kriska Barchanoa who is uh, your standard, like, you know, lab-modified, lab-rat chick with no emotions who doesn't understand normal people. Ray anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite Ray level. I was, I was thinking more like uh, your average experimental crazy girls from Gundam. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's the spirit. Chris has her crazy moments, but I'm, she's cold to everybody else. But with uh, Inya, she, you see her all, like, smiles and stuff, too, so... Yeah, so you have those sorts of shenanigans going on. And then 
as Yuya starts to change, he realizes, like, oh, it, no, it, it, it is me. This mech is actually pretty damn awesome. I just need to learn how to pilot it. And uh, maybe Yui's not such a horrible bitch. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Well, that's, so, pretty much, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> but at least he changes because mm. most most characters in a mecha show don't undergo the kind, of, the kind of fundamental change that he does, which is illustrated later on when some of his former American teammates uh, come into the show and see how much he's changed. Yeah. yeah. So we have in the middle of the series a frontline test at a Soviet base that all goes to hell. When uh, Beta started overrunning stuff, and uh, Yuya's left behind, and does some some badassery with a damaged mecha, and um, there's some moments between him and Yui, and then from that point on, you just have this continuing political intrigue of what's going on with the Russians because they're sneaky bastards, the mm. Americans are sneaky bastards, the Chinese show up and um, have this Chris's god- favorite character, <laughs> god awful character. <laughs> Uh, basically is like shampoo from Ranma if she potted a mecha. No doubt. Chinese, <laughs> Chinese Miku. She becomes obsessed. She looks like Miku, but she acts like shampoo. Mm-hmm. She becomes obsessed with Yuya and insists that they're going to get married, even though it's like they don't even have any relationship. And she's very jealous of like any woman around him, especially Yui, and she cooks horribly. <laughs> Well, no, she doesn't cook horribly. It's just that she made mabu tofu, which is notoriously, like, super spicy. Yeah, well, that's stuff that she made look like poison. <laughs> now, it looks like that, didn't look like, that didn't look something like, look like something spicy. That just looked like downright poisonous, like, like Kusuha's health drinks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty typical for an anime portrayal of mabu tofu, but anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, she's, a, she's a horrible person, a horrible character, but is a skilled mecha pilot when it counts. Mm-hmm. So the climax of the series involves the RLF, the Refugee Liberation Front, because we find out that refugees have not done so well in parts of the world since the beta have been uh, chomping on stuff. So this group of terrorists, they uh, infiltrate the base, they take it over, they start killing everybody on the base, and it's down to the team to fight them off and also fight the beta because we find out that the americans were secretly experimenting on beta underneath the base and the rlf frees them well the problem with that is as it turns out there's a uh, a red line not uh, not involving um like cars, crazy, cars. <laughs> crazy gorilla policeman that's another red line <laughs> But there's a, a red line that if the beta cross that line, uh, they will launch a bunch of nukes and just nuke the shit out of Alaska. Oh, yeah. No, the nukes don't... are uh, buried underground. Yeah, that's what I thought. They were, I thought they were buried in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably, probably along a fault line or the Alaskan pipeline because it, <laughs> it runs well, Specifically, the they're hydrogen bombs. Yeah. But these nukes will go off if the beta cross that point and kill tons of people. Yeah. So it becomes a battle against time. And these terrorist wackos who themselves are just pawns for a bunch of like crazy Christians who think that uh, the the beta were sent by God to punish humanity for its sins. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of behind the scenes politicking that's really not elaborated upon. But in the end, it all works out, although uh, there is no conclusion to any of the haremness or, or the shipping. <laughs> by the visual novel. <laughs> so, Solbro, what were your thoughts on Total Eclipse? Yeah, the toss it to me. 
Well, you, you, you probably just you probably just finished it, so it's probably uh, the freshest you in your mind. You know what? F y'all. <laughs> Are you watching the background as as we're talking? Of yeah. course, I'm still watching it right now. Oh man, <laughs> I'm on episode two. <laughs> no, um, I, I I gotta say I have, a, I have a very mixed feelings about this show. Um, overall, I I I did enjoy it, but um, the tone was a big thing about this show to me. The first two episodes, I know they're a fake out, but they do establish one important fact, and is that the beta are deadly, and they're ravaging the planet as we speak, <laughs> at least at that point in the show. But and, and and you get a you get gruesome examples of that in the first two episodes, and they they, they do a great job of establishing Yui and her character and her plight and all that stuff as we um, grow with her as the series progresses. But then the show, you know, it takes you to Alaska to a remote location where there are no beta, and you know, um, it, it, it's cool. You, you you get to you get to interact with these test pilots, and um, you get introduced to Yuya, who I, I love his character. I think um, he's one of the cooler characters I've seen in anime in the last couple of years. Um, and you know, it kind of takes you away from that conflict. It, it it eventually will bring you back to it as they travel the world to go to different places, and especially the arc that takes place in uh in Russia. Where you you meet the uh, the the not so nobles of, of of Russian society who you know the the grunts and whatnot who are left to uh to 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 fight the battles that the elites well, don't have Russians, to. They're not Russians; they're Soviets. But they're, they're Soviets. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the the other soldiers of the USSR, non-Russian you know, Soviets, non-Russian Soviets who are left to the wayside to fend for themselves or uh to you know they don't get to live the high life like um like like uh the russians that you normally see in the series like uh the the scarlet twins and whatnot but um because yeah, the russians all moved to alaska once beta took over the mainland yeah but but cats in georgia and whatnot are, are having to struggle and uh those are great episodes the ones where they actually take you to the front and they have to do some t- uh weapon testing against the enemy there um i thought those are the, some of the best parts in the show um, there's some themes in the show that I really dug, like uh, the fact that Yuya's character is of biracial, um, a biracial origin, and um, and he also is tied to two different nations. Um, the fact that he was born and raised in the dirty South, you know, kind of hit home to me because uh, he dealt with racism, and um, you know, his his own grandfather didn't care for him all that much, and his mother was really the only person that he could rely on. Um, and he, he just was, he grew up to reject his whole Japanese side, which was a very interesting take on his character. Um, and then he has a whole crisis of his national identity as, uh, he's a pilot representing America, but he's of Japanese, uh, uh, Japanese descent of at least to some, some degree. So, you know, at first he doesn't accept it and then he, he grows to accept it as he gets to know Yui and becomes a bigger part of the, uh, of the test, the Argos test uh, flight. Um, some things about the show trip me out, like uh, the fact that the, when they show flashbacks to when Yuya is in the army, uh, and you know you, you see these cats wearing actual army uniforms, you know modern modern day army uniforms, but they got anime hair. I can't get over that shit. <laughs> it's, I was like, shouldn't their hair be high and tight? Like, these guys are running around like hippies, man. They would not stand in two thousand one, but that's cool. That's cool. I blame Bush. <laughs> I don't think there's any bush in. Uh... Oh, hey, 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 hey! There's always a bush. <laughs> but um, I I I think uh one of the better parts of the series is the third act, although it moves on, you know, at a rapid breakneck pace, and um, some things just came out of nowhere for me, like the whole uh, uh refugee f- uh, the refugee front that comes and does a coup on the uh the alaskan base you you hear a little bit about it in the show and you get to get a little bit of taste of that when um 
when they go to uh, Soviet uh, Soviet Russia and in, in, in Europe when they when they face off with the Beta in the middle of the series. But you know, it it kind of comes out like a like a bat out of the blue, <laughs> like a bolt out of the blue, and um, all of a sudden, all, all all sorts of situation changes, and all these characters who are rivals have to team up. Um, it, it's nice to see that, but it, it kind of moved a little bit fast for for my pace, and they should have concentrated on establishing that um, that third act earlier on in the series um, before just scramming it into five episodes, which is one of my biggest complaints about the show. They spent a lot of time on that harem nonsense, and I know that's what the game is based on, and I know that's a big part of the show, but uh, you know, w- I, I kind of compare the show to Argento Soma because that also dealt with an alien invasion, and you never lost that sense of terror in that show like I did with Muv Love, you know, in the middle episodes, they had so many fan service episodes that you kind of didn't see the, the aliens and, you know, the, the threat of them was next to nil. You know, they were more concentrating on who's going to get with who and all that other nonsense. So it kind of it kind of irked me a bit. But, but isn't uh, that on you, though, for not realizing what you're getting into? Because it, it, it is a relationship show. It's, a, sure. it's all based off a relationship yeah, uh, media. It, it, so, it, I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. But it's kind of tough that, to bitch about that when that's what it's based off of. But there's other shows that have done it better, like Macross and 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 Argento Soma, where you know you never lose sight of the conflict that's going on. You know they they, they were able to write stories about relationships, but you know the war was still a major star in the story. But isn't this, Macross more of a war story with a, with a love story in it? It it's a war it's a war story with a love story in it, and I, I, I maybe I, I expected too much from the show to be that way. But um, that's what I was, I, was, I was thinking that the show would be. So maybe the fault's on me, but it I is. honestly believe... It's always on you. Well, forget you then. <laughs> well, another thing to remember is that it yeah. doesn't take place on the front lines. They're all test yeah. pilots out in America where there are no beta. So That's fine. But uh, even, even with that, all this concentration on, on, on all, the, all these different relationships don't even come to fruition in the end. <laughs> you know, you right. you end up with an unfinished ending, and I'm not Japanese. I don't have access to the books and stuff like that. I, you know, I, I, as I've complained many times beforehand, I'm so tired of unfinished endings for shows. And this is another. Well, trust one of those me, shows. the ending of the visual. Or, I mean, the uh, original light novel is a lot worse. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, I got. Basically, remember that, remember that, that Russian guy said, uh, "Oh, Yui's leaving before I can have her assassinated." Oh, too bad. Well, in the novels, she doesn't leave early enough. Oh, oh shit! Oops. <laughs> well, all right, but um, <laughs> we'll get into the differences more later. But I want to get to everyone's opinions on the show. No, no so, problem. anything else, Sobro? No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm of two minds of the show, but uh, at the end of the day, I thought it had a lot more positives than negatives. And um, I'll pass it on to someone else. Wait, hold on a second. Who who's your man, Sobro? My man in oh, that show? Because well, I, I, I never get to determine that because these jokers always pick something <laughs> for me. But if I was to pick a dude in this show, it'd probably be Vincent. Vincent was my boy. He was always that stand-up nice, too, dude. Too awesome. Too awesome. Yeah, yeah too awesome. Man. I was buying people yeah. rounds, man. <laughs> You're too wrong, awesome. Sobro. I already know who your man is. Well, F all of y'all. Let's go. Who is it? <laughs> It's uh, Yakov, the uh, one non-Russian Soviet kid, the one that uh, Chris almost broke his arm and then he got eaten by tank classes later. You know what? <laughs> that, that reminds me of something. What the hell happened to the, the, the one Soviet, uh, the one Russian soldier that, that led that group of kids in that middle arc? They died. Russia, I, I, I know they AKA got murdered, Latrova. It's like it just cut that story off. And, no, and they, they didn't cut it off. They died. They, they died, died in battle. There's yeah, no they just didn't show it. 
I mean, but it was pretty much everybody established that that squadron was lost. I mean, they mentioned Absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. Sandex sent the Scarlet it. Twins to go clean them up. No yeah, idea. they just yeah. didn't show it. I mean, so there's no there's no confirmation though, and 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 no closure. No, it was to pretty. It was confirmed. Like, yeah. and they even yeah, said in their actions, like they knew that they were doing this to be. Yeah. You know, wiped out. And that commander's yeah. whole attitude with Yuya was like, you got to step up if you're going to do shit and do it all the way or don't do it at all. And that prick, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I forget his name. I got, well, I had the list of characters in front of me. Uh, Jersey Sandek. Yeah. That guy never brought the justice, man. He was cool in some parts and a dick in others. And, uh, oh my God. Uh, let me just shut up. Neo, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, what were your thoughts on Total Eclipse? It was the best. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Now, um, it's 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 an interesting um, it's it's an interesting show. Um, like you said, I, I kind of did I did appreciate kind of the fake out at the beginning. I thought that was kind of interesting, where it's like, oh wow, this is gonna you know because it, it starts off as like your typical anime, and you're like, oh okay, they're gonna get in the you know these are girls are gonna be pilots, and the, these are we're gonna learn about all these girls and and all about them for the next twenty so episodes. Nope couldn't even last three episodes so i thought that was i thought that was actually pretty You're cool flying too high yes. <laughs> no i'm not i'm right and, and like when chris said when they're that, that, that made me think very much of of uh of star wars like you're here you know it's like no it's okay i'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> or uh or then, like chris said what their commander got aced and like all the all these girls are holding their own as their commanders you know and of course they're getting casualties and stuff but they're, they're holding their own as soon as the commander gets aced they just completely fall apart and just get nerfed just massively and and just ooh, bad too um you know but yeah i knew a little i had read a little bit about what this was based on so it didn't surprise me with the relationships and um you know it was pretty much i could pretty much tell um once we get into the current arcs and the, the current characters that this is going to be more of a behind the scenes uh test pilot um that whole kind of dynamic so um, you know, it, it shows that there's, they have a lot of testing. There's a lot of mock battles. Of course, they have the, um, the big battle at the Russian base. Um, and then, uh, when they break out the, uh, the Gundam X satellite cannon, that was pretty, uh, <laughs> uh you, you, yeah, you, you got what the, uh, the most kills ever in their first sortie was something like yeah. a few thousand or something like that. And then like all the other pilots are all pissed about it. Oh man. It wasn't him. It was the uh, you know it was the gun, which yeah, basically it was. He was the Will uh, Chamberlain of um, enemy killers. <laughs> enemy killers. Pretty much, but I mean, and the, the only, I mean, the as good as that arc was though in Russia, the one that the thing that just irritated the living crap out of me is when Yuya and Yui are trying to destroy the big satellite cannon because yeah. it's proprietary of. Um, Japan and there's a whole bunch of you know uh, even though these countries are working together under the auspices of the UN they're all still trying to steal secrets from each other mm -hmm. and everybody's trying to get this because you know this is Japanese technology blah 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 well the beta are bearing down on this base because it, there was a whole a whole setup for by the Soviets to have the beta attack so they could steal this technology but the problem is is like they're trying to destroy Yui and Yuya are trying to destroy 
this gun as the beta are trying to bear down on them and they're taking their sweet time. There's like no sense of urgency on it. And I mean, if there was anything that really just bothered me and all that, I'm like, wait a second, you're about to have these just soulless uh, killing machines bearing down on you and you're taking your sweet time. Like he's, you know, she got hurt and he's like taking out the first aid kit and it's like, no, screw it. You put her in the cockpit. She gives it first aid to herself. You got to destroy this thing. But it took like, it took like a quarter of the episode to blow this thing up. So that was, that was kind of annoying. Well, um, they knew they had a Stella cover in their backs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Awesome. <laughs> but then, but then you, the, the other thing is you would think that Stella would be like, um, you know, they show her seeing the radar you know the 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 beta getting closer. You think she'd be like, um, guys, um, you know, uh, status. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. His whole uh, Yuya's whole escape um, from the base. That was that was pretty interesting. And um, he got yeah. I I wasn't confused. I, I know that that Russian squadron got killed, so I, I was able to figure that out. So, um, uh, but I'm sure you were. <laughs> well, they, they only talked about it like the next like two episodes. <laughs> but awesome. you, you needed to see the death. I know it's I, it's not it's not a it's not a finale. It's not a death. Uh, it's not a final death in anime until you see him blow up. Right? Hey man, it looks like a lot of other things in the show just left unshown. <laughs> <laughs> but that you know, no, but it's that, okay. I, I can assume that they're dead. But you know, I, I just. You know, a lot of characters you assume get killed and then they show up in the hospital. So uh, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I wasn't I wasn't one to 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 completely assume, but um, they do talk about it. So I just... I don't know. I, I didn't see any ambiguity with that. So I think that's that's the soberalism, okay. fellas. Indeed. I mean, I would say the whole BS when um, the Chinese girl when they when they have the the fight later on at the uh, Yukon base and it looks like she got taken out. And then she's like, oh, luckily I ejected at the last minute. Yeah, that's but that's all BS because she was a named character. She, you know, she's one of the she's one of the majors and, and um, you know, with the whole relationship thing. Well, they do have ejection seats. So, yeah, I know. But what was it? Most of the times they didn't work like or the, the if the uh, TSFs got damaged enough, usually those things wouldn't work because um, I, I remember them mentioning about somebody. But um yeah, it's, you know, and then you have the whole thing at the Yukon base, and that was interesting, seeing how everybody's trying to move on from what happened in Russia, and there's still all the kind of the nonsense and all the backstabbing between the countries, and then we have the RLF come in, and you could just, you knew right away that these, these people were like pawns of a, of a bigger, bigger conspiracy, and, you know, you got that one blonde chick who's like spouting off all of this stuff, and she gets aced, and, you know. And, and then you see like the bartender that was serving these drinks of all for all the pilots at their like their their favorite bar. She ends up being part of this um these RLF people, and then she gets wasted. <laughs> so, um, and then at the end, yeah, it, it it's a very open ended ending. It's just kind of there, but it's anime. I mean, it's like this is not the first anime where we've uh, sit there and had just a completely yeah. Open and just dissolve anything. So, I, I'm I'm so jaded and 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 cynical on that now. It doesn't really bother me. I'm I'm more excited when I actually see a finale than than when I don't. So, but um, I would say overall, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty good uh, story. There's good things, but bad things. Is there going to be a wall to wall action every episode? No. 
um, you know, but uh, is is there going to be lots of uh, relationship, typical Japanese relationship stereotypes? Yes. So, I mean, and but other than that, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty pretty good show. Okay, it kept me wanting to um, watch the next episode. So that's always that's always a good thing. So, but that's about it for me, Chris. So, Peter, uh, what did you think first? As just a show on its own, and then second as an adaptation of this visual novel. It sucks. All this Japanese nationalism stuff is too stupid. <laughs> Thank you, 4chan. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, that sorry, whole thing. <laughs> you're not screaming out, Nihon Tamashi! Ah! Yamato Tamashi! Yeah. So anyway, uh, anyway. Your your thoughts on the show first, and then as the adaptation. Um, I liked it. <laughs> Which okay, is uh, what I say about most things. Um, some specifics. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it. Like I wanted to be like really psyched for this. I wanted to be able to like run out to people like, oh, this show's great. You should watch it. Which is what I did with the show that had like aired previously before it acquired on evil so when this started up it's like oh it's another mecha show that should be good because i was familiar with mob love so i was excited for it though it's kind of couldn't escape the thing it's like well why are you adapting this and not the original games which is pretty much what everybody wanted to see Mm -hmm. but no i i still liked what we got it's just they're kind of there are plenty of flaws and if i like see people like harshing on it on like 4chan or whatever i'm less inclined to like jump to defend it like i am with um a few other series like say infinite stratos or ash or crying that i would like the hate actually made me like it more whereas with total eclipse is just yeah i liked it but i'm not really i see the problems and i'm not going to be all gung-ho about it so i mean i I like the characters and that's really Mm -hmm. most important things like you got to be interested in the characters you want to see what happens to them next and i'm like a harem anime connoisseur so i don't mind all the harem elements because i watch those all the time and i always have fun with them but there are some points where it could have been better developed like yui's like the frosting like i see the basis for it but i think it could have had more build-up i mean i know like, the whole thing where she, like, fought against the Argos test fight and, like, kicked their asses. She, like, felt really bad about that afterwards. So she kind of decided to lighten up a bit. And then when Yu- Yuya stopped being such a dick at that time, that's when she, like, became more fond of him. But it could have had more build-up on that regard because I really liked how how Yui, like, wouldn't put up with Yuya's shit at the beginning. <laughs> Where he's all like complaining, and she's just like, "No, you're just unskilled." <laughs> so like, I really like that she like wouldn't take crap from him. So I was a bit disappointed that she like became so like all like submissive about it after. Yeah. But at the same time, whenever she went into like full dairy dairy mode, I was like laughing my ass off because this is so hilarious to see her like hiding behind a tree when you is talking to all these like different girls, and she's like, "Oh, what is up with this guy?" And like um, when her uncle's teasing her about, it, it's like, "Oh, did you find a guy that you like?" And she's like, "No, what are you, what are you talking about? That wouldn't happen." <laughs> so I was just like, I enjoyed her reactions early, but. She still had plenty of cool moments, like uh, like the whole thing with Ru- in Russia where um, like 
the Russians are all trying to get them all to evacuate. So, so Yui's like, oh, I set the gun to self-destruct. We got to get out of here right now. And then they all pile into the helicopter, and then the helicopter's take it off. Then Yui's like, oh, wait, I forgot something. Be right back. And then she jumps out of the helicopter. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, Yuya's development was pretty good, where um, he was all like, oh, this Japan stuff. I don't care about this stuff. And But then like he gets attached to the Shirinui because, like him, like the Shirinui is a Japanese TSF that kind of hit a developmental dead end, which is why you had the whole Access J project where um, they put American parts in the Shiranui. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became like a half American, half Japanese like he was. So yeah, once he he was open to piloting the Japanese way rather than the American way, because the American way is all about like big firepower and more guns and stuff, whereas everybody else's is more about close combat because swords don't run out of ammo. <laughs> which is good when you're fighting beta hordes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see him open up when uh, after interacting with uh, the rest of the test flight because they're all from different countries, so they're not going to care what race he is. And uh, I don't mind the whole like shift in tone from like the first two episodes because the first two episodes are anime original, and uh, they pretty much showcase like Mavlov's appeal where it's like, oh, it's all like fun and games at first but oh no now it's all gore and death and terror and stuff but like the whole theme of the show was that uh like while they're in alaska like even though they're on the front lines it's kind of their duty to make sure that they enjoy themselves because like the people on the front lines don't have that opportunity and there's a big message about like um what people pass on to each other Mm mm-hmm because like what Yui learned from like Teresa and VG and Stella, he like wanted to pass on to uh, Kriska and Nina at the end because they were all like the test two babies, and it never actually reveals like what they are. They act- they actually do have um, psychic powers, mm-hmm. which uh, that's kind of another like problem with the show that like Mavlove has such an extensive like world to it, like all this extra media has like so much like detail to it that like kind of everything is explained like even like the fan service pilots who's those have an in-universe reason for being that way right which is to uh to uh, stem the pilot sense of shame because on the front lines you have to share facilities between genders right and like uh, the whole reason the school out being was all girl is because um most of the guys they were already drafted and sent out and they die a lot. Ooh. So you really only have girls left over to train to be pilots. And the rush arc was pretty good. They just get to see uh, like actual beta fighting and Yuya fighting off the beta with like his busted ass Shiranui. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, Latrova, she was a cool character. Shame she had to get uh, silenced like that. The refugee part was kind of underdeveloped. Again, it's more prevalent in like the background information because like i said before like the u.s is pretty much the only country that's unharmed well not the only country australia has not been touched either so refugees either go to australia or the states and with the with the states if they join the american military then they get citizenship and their family gets citizenship too so a lot of the u.s's like forces are made up of refugees so that would explain why there were so many of them hidden out in Alaska. And um, I think that whole arc was, yeah, it was pretty good. It was, like, it definitely 
see the complaint that it was a bit too rushed and it came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, they had that recap special before it started, and they had the whole things like, Which oh, there's these crap. two points, these two points that you need to remember to enjoy this climax, and that's kind of when they brought up the whole refugee thing. Ah, okay. I was wondering if they uh, if they said anything about that in the um in the recap episode. Yeah. They said yeah, like, that, two, that two points. Like, it's so minor. It's like most of the stuff they were talking about was stuff that you already knew. So it was. Yeah. I mean, the only kind two of significant details that 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 recap special so was that um, Sharon is a Yuya's ex, which was hinted at but not explicitly stated in the regular show, mm-hmm. and that um, Inia and Chris are from uh, Alternative Three, which is a plan to make psychics to like communicate with the Beta. Ah, it didn't work too well because the Beta don't even see humans as life forms. Which, uh, like the whole what the deal with the beta is, that doesn't get revealed until the end of the the game, right? Because it's kind of a major thing. <laughs> and yeah, the, it does kind of just end like on nothing too conclusive. But like I said, it's better than how the novel ended. And um, another good point was um, like Kriska's growth as a character, where she starts off as like, oh, we're just like fighting for our homeland and all that stuff. And like all she really cared about was Inia. But then, like, she spends more time with Yuya, and she grows attached to him, and Inia's pretty attached to him, too. So she has this whole, like, oh, what are these feels development, which, <laughs> like, I like that course of development more than, like, uh, Yui's, um, it's like, oh, you like him, but you're too proud to admit it kind of plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show is pretty nice to look at, too. I mean, there's, like, copious amounts of quality. Which, of course, everybody on 4chan can't wait to point that out. It's like, oh, what? This character in the background is slightly off-model? Oh, we got to complain about this. <laughs> yeah, but there's, like, some seriously yeah, messed there's... up stuff. Like the, uh, the railgun just being, like, totally nerfed in various appearances within seconds of each other. Like, not looking at all the same and having parts, like, misplaced. And there's some bad stuff in this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll get fixed and uh, decensored for the... Uh... Blu-rays. I know Chris is, can't wait for episode 19 to come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I prefer my hot springs without all the steam. No doubt. <laughs> I think the problem with uh, going back to Kriska, it's just that her and India didn't really do much before the second half of the show. So, again, that's a bit... I mean, I'm sure it works better, like, space out over, I think, like, nine no- light novels. I'm not sure about that exact number, but I'm sure like development is more smooth there. But so, yeah, I definitely see the problems with that with the show, but not not anything I would like rail too hard against it for. And um, the mechs were cool, even though I can't really distinguish some of them half the time. <laughs> like even yeah, after playing all, all the games and stuff, I know the Japanese ones, and I know like the two Russian ones. The uh, the like the final boss mecha, the Berku, that thing's pretty badass. And I actually bought the uh, Revolve Tech of the uh, Terminator. Oh, man. I liked it. It's just I wanted to like it more, but I just kind of couldn't. And how do you think it fared as an adaptation overall? No comento. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the light that's novel. what we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, the light, like the light novels themselves, like nobody's translated into English or anything, so I couldn't actually read them. It's just like some of the differences I've heard from people. I can read Japanese and they'll say stuff like how, like you based on get, what you know. It's basically the ending where, it, like the anime ends with like uh, Yui and Kriska saying like like oh we're we're not enemies we're uh, we're worse than that we're love rivals. 
Like that, that was a, like, it was a nice scene to like to end things on, I thought, but I guess in the novels, like it ends with uh, Yui getting a bullet in the head. Ooh. Oh, it was a big like cliffhanger and it's like, oh yeah, we're going to stop the novels now and it's going to be adapted into a visual novel. So buy that when it comes out. So I'm sure that will have like the rest of the story. But again, like I said earlier, it's probably like the reason why this got adapted is probably to like advertise for the visual novel. Right. Well, um, I'll echo some of the comments you all had. I enjoyed Yuya's growth as a protagonist from complete jerk to decent guy. Mm -hmm. That was pretty well done. And it took its time. It wasn't something that just happened overnight. Uh, I enjoyed the international flavor of the team it being the un and all and they were pretty interesting characters even though there wasn't too much focus on the rest of the team right uh one of the things character wise that i was not a fan of was the way they handled yui which i think for the middle of the series they pretty much ruined her character (laughs) (laughs) because she went from being this strong capable pilot and commander who literally has been through hell and survived and become hardened by it to once she starts opening up to Yuya, it just happens too fast and with too much um, force to it. And she just goes into being a completely stupid little lovesick girl. And her character just becomes <laughs> this one note thing where she's just all like, Yuya, Yuya, Yuya. It's like, oh my God, what have they done to this poor woman? <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, she is only 17, so... I know, but she's not 17 in the way that we would think of 17. She's been through stuff that 17-year-olds do not go through. So to say that she's 17 is like, that's kind of meaningless. That's kind of irrelevant. She's 17 in 2001? Oh, no. I thought she was like 17 in in 1998. And then three years pass. Wow. I I didn't know. There there was a Twitter post from the head writer saying that she was 14 in the first two episodes. Oh, my God. Damn. I I had no clue. Still, I didn't know that either, but it's kind of irrelevant because, you know, if you look at a, uh, a child soldier who's been conscripted in war, they may be 12 or 14, but they've been through things that most adults haven't been through. So her age is really rather irrelevant. Well, the point is, mean, like, she hasn't really experienced like love yet. So it might like all this new stuff. I mean, she's gone through hell, but the more like peaceful things she yeah, does. But she's a trained hand. soldier. Plus, you only live once. And she, <laughs> she's falling apart like just some freaking moron. And like I said, her character is pretty useless in the middle of the show and is just uh, uh, a Yuya name-mentioning machine. That's pretty yeah, much all she, she is. She, she does say Yuya a lot in that middle part. Yeah. Yeah, she, she faces death so often in this show that she, you would figure that she would finally come to the realization that – you know, you know, she doesn't have a lot of time to to wait. Which is and, which is which fine. Is f- well, she no, learned I, how to mercy kill at least. No, I, I, I know, I know what Chris is talking about here. It's like her, she went from being so hard edge to being so soft edge yeah. in a matter of an Too instant. Quickly. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like the fact of she could switch it off on and off. She was no. just like you. You would think, even though she would be in the auspice of a battle, that she'd be still. Um, thinking about the the mission or whatever, except she'd just sit there and be like, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I know what he's talking series. about. Yeah, that's well, I'm not done yet. She does, she does recover and go back to um, being as cool as she was at the beginning of the show, but without being such a bitch. Right. So yeah, they did bring her back to sort of what she was, but improved. But they did damage to her character along the way before that, and that's yeah. what I don't yeah. like. About her writing's really uneven. 
because there's a lot of and this is a wider problem that a lot of anime show capable female characters that just become uh piles of pudding whenever they <laughs> fall in love with uh a male character it's like they're completely incapable of both doing their job and being romantically attracted to somebody it's like an all or nothing proposition you have to be either good at your job or just be stupidly in love with someone you can't do both wow <laughs> and that's that's a bigger problem but i don't like that this show falls into that trap mm-hmm. do you think Kriska uh, suffered from the same no because oh. you know she wasn't even really a human being in in a manner of speaking so she has no experience with this and she's discovering all of these emotions for the first time but when it came down to it she will fuck you up yeah. <laughs> in, in within the conceit of her character you know that you know it, it, it the, she has every excuse to be the way she is yui she she's she's a whole lot more normal than um than 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 uh Kriska was and i don't know how she could just shift gears so so drastically uh, in the show, I, I figured uh, I expected better of her character, yeah. especially after lighting a fire under Yuya so so early in the series. Man, damn! I did like uh, Kriska's development as the uh, test tube crazy girl, <laughs> and some Gundam shows could definitely learn to take a page from uh, from Kriska. Yeah, more more Kriska, less uh, less Stella, Ooh. less less other people. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's something. I did like a lot of the mecha designs, even though uh, there is a sort of bit of uniformity to them. Uh, specifically, I'd like the Soviet grunts and the American Raptor. Those stuck out to me as cool designs. Mm-hmm. Was not a fan of just the out-of-nowhereness of the third arc. I felt that there was a lot of wasted opportunity beforehand to start building that up. Yeah. Because while there was some mention of the refugee issue earlier – they never really intimate that there's this whole like radical terrorist movement. There's yeah. no mention about these crazy Christians. There's no mention of like a lot of the wider politics beyond immediately what's going on here with these major powers of the Americans and the Soviets. Okay. So that's more again stuff that's in like the background of like the universe as a whole. Because in general, all can like all conspiracy theories in the Love Love universe can be traced back to Alternative Five. Yeah, I know, but this is this is a, this is a TV show, and it's you should stand on its own. You should right, be able to right. make it's definitely. So I agree with you there, but it's just I'm yeah. just saying that it. I know that these answers are all elsewhere, but it's something about Japanese writing that bugs me. It's like you can you can make me want to buy something else without having to like hold vital information hostage. <laughs> and and they don't have to and they don't have to put in a lot of information. You can just put yeah. it, you know, a little a bit, bit here and there. And and you don't even have to do the old Japanese explanation lady stuff. You can just say, oh, you know, just do a mention, quick mention of, oh, there's some refugee stuff going on or refugees are rioting. Um, yeah. It wouldn't here. have hurt at all yeah. to have like a three second blurb on the news, like saying, oh, these the RLF, you know, is causing trouble somewhere. You know, yeah. that helps establish them. Those are little things they could have done here and there rather than just background hey, stuff. RLF. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> and Google. I went into this knowing that there would be a harem focus, but if there's one thing that bugs me more than anything about a harem show, mm-hmm. it's a harem show with no resolution. Thank you. <laughs> you just don't spend all of this time teasing all of the stupidity of characters acting like morons and people sneaking around and people you know, having feelings that they're too nervous to act on. Don't waste all of my time doing that. And then not resolve it at all. 
But they did resolve it. Uh, Yuya Siranui OTP. <laughs> yeah, he chose the robot. He went basically. He, yeah. he went. Uh, he went the Ryusei route. Yeah. Ryusei slash Setsuna route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Resolution. Oh boy. That's a resolution, but not the resolution. And I'm not saying like my preferred shipping because. I just want to see some resolution to that other than he chose the robot. <laughs> you, you, you don't like the alto, you're both my wings? Yeah, <laughs> at least it didn't have a you're both my wings ending. Yeah. <laughs> I would have preferred somebody, anybody be picked. I don't care. I think he should have just ran off with his, um, his little, uh, little half-Japanese American rival there. Leon. <laughs> yeah, Leon. <laughs> that, that would have thrown a whole monkey wrench in the thing. He'd just be like, you know what? Screw all you women. I'm running off with Leon. You know, they, they, they were they were pretty chummy despite uh, what happened between them. And uh, Leon, he acts he acts a little too butthurt about it. Like, oh, no, oh yeah. Like this. You really like this dude, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you really want some of that Bridges action. That's why he's boning his ex-woman. He picked up Yuya's uh, sloppy seconds. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> And what delicious sloppy seconds they are! Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't see very often, uh, you know, hot military women rocking the uh, the Cheryl gnome hair. <laughs> and her like, name being Sharon. <laughs> so I want to wrap things up by uh, doing some shipping because oh, no. the show. So Peter, what are what are your what's your preferred shipping for this series? Um. <clears throat> I didn't really get like strongly invested in any one particular ship in this show, which probably I would have liked it more probably if I could like grab onto something like that. But uh, in general, I think I'd probably side with Kriska. So if, I think it would be nicer if like her and Yuya hooked up because, like I said before, I like the whole like discovering these feelings like plotline more than just too proud to admit these feelings plotline. So I wouldn't be so... I wouldn't reach like Sandek levels of like being a supporter of that. <laughs> he's, 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 he cre- want- he's the creepy shipper. Yeah, he is. It's clear he uh, he likes the uh, murder of the hypotenuse trope, <laughs> but we didn't get a chance to do it in this show. <laughs> so other than like like Sandek getting his way, because it's clear he wanted like to use Kriska's feelings for you yet to like make her like become a better weapon which is why he was so happy like when they got closer but yeah i, I like that and i guess secondary like teresa is pretty fun so like her and yuya might make a good pair she is a little firecracker yeah they're both piloting the shiranui seconds too so all right uh Solbro, you're shipping man uh, back to me huh um my shipping would probably uh and this is this is off off the off the beaten path but um I definitely pair Yuya up with uh with the most emotionally centered uh, woman in the entire show, Stella Bremer. She was just straight yeah. awesome, straight up. And um, every episode, she was especially always, in the always cool. uh, uncensored third episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she was always dope, man. Every time, and always ahead of the game too, man. She was really cool. And I, if there was any girl in that show, if I was Yuya, I'd be making the beeline right for her. She was the only girl that didn't succumb to his uh, his uh, wiles. There, hey, she was. She was. Uh, she was. Uh, she she noticed uh, when uh, she came to the door dressed in that uh, that robe. That, you know, he was a little. He was a little uh, uh, red faced when he came. <laughs> it, it, you could see that he was attracted to her, but you know nothing else came of it. But um, I think she liked him, and she 
YouTube is always speaking speaking highly of him. So I think she liked messing with him more than anything. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I think something yeah. could have happened there um, if, if 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 time allowed. So that's just me. All right, and uh, secondary characters. Secondary? Uh, I don't know. Um, I did like Yui, and I, I kind of wanted to see them finally get past all that all that teenage nonsense but um secondary uh what's her face um the girl turned uh the girl turned um uh terrorist uh, natalie? natalie natalie yeah if she wasn't a terrorist i wouldn't mind seeing something happen there but or she's more a of a character. yeah yeah boy she she got that lead poisoning <laughs> <laughs> but it was for a good cause yeah i liked her character up until that point but even then she came through before she got shot so if anything i i'd that'd be my second choice all right, so Neo, you're shipping. I, I think uh, I think what um, Yuya went with the Shiranui, I think that was probably the best thing for him. Um, oh man, that's a that's a cop what, out, man. What about his ex girlfriend, <laughs> the Raptor? <laughs> that would be the secondary one. <laughs> that's some bullshit. No, no. <laughs> Primary one, probably Kriska, because it actually seems like they had a little bit. Uh, he actually seemed a little bit more um, open to her. And then maybe secondary would be, I would like to see, I, I guess I'm kind of with Peter on this one. I would like to see him with Teresa because that would be kind of funny to see. <laughs> uh, how many times did that girl get drunk during that, uh, this, this, uh, A lot. this show? My God. She, what do they always call her? Chihuahua? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or no, uh, Yifei called her Chihuahua. They called her uh, Chobi. Chobi. Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, so that, that would be kind of fun. So. All right. Well, um, I would endorse as a as a primary shipping uh, Yuya and Kriska because they just seem to have a better chemistry, and I just couldn't stand all of um, Yui's like <clears throat> in the closet hiding about it. And you know, you snooze, you lose. Absolutely. So she deserves to lose for not stepping up and taking what she wants. As a secondary, I would have I wouldn't have minded seeing. Um, Yuya with Teresa because, you know, she is so hyperactive, but uh, she'd probably be fun to be around. They would probably uh, gel well together. Mm -hmm. For secondary characters, I would have liked to have seen something happen with Stella and VG. Oh, yeah, true. Because they're always they're always uh, stuck together, like on rear line duty or go get help. So, you know, (laughs) why not just get together? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I would have rather seen uh, Stella with uh, Vincent instead because Vincent was a true bro. Yeah, he was. He was indeed. He was, but he'd probably hook up with one of his like little mechanic girls or something, or some mechanic girl somewhere. Or one after of the buy- after buying them all around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of the funny thing about this show is that you can tell which characters are over twenty by what they're drinking. <laughs> Japanese law is that you can't show anybody underage drinking on TV. So when you had like Yui at the bar, you had a Natalie like, I've never seen anybody get drunk off orange juice before. <laughs> so I guess the, the last thing here to wrap things up, Peter, based on what you know of the story, is there any material for any sort of continuation, whether it's another TV season or an OVA or whatever? Um, well, like I said, like for Total Eclipse specifically, they do have yeah. the uh, visual novel that is supposed to... I'm not sure if it's going back to a like 
and covering all the, the stuff that the light novels did, but it's definitely going to be continuing the story. So, yeah, there could be another adaptation based off like the events of the visual novel. So, But everybody is still waiting for an adaptation of the original trilogy. I mean, that's definitely what I'm waiting for. All right. Well, that will wrap up this discussion. So I'd like to thank Peter for having joined us on that. Or can I just ask one more thing? What's I wanted that? to know uh, what your guys' uh, favorite beta strains were. What? <laughs> oh, favorite favorite beta? Yeah. I like the tank class. Yeah, laser class was kind of cool. They were interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which were the small ones with the goofy faces? The soldier class? Yeah, yeah. 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 They look like they just want to hug you and eat you. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> They're kind of like horrendously cute in a way. Yeah. Hey, hey, are we not doing a rating on this this show? Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's slipping. Well, I just want to say uh, my favorite beta class is the uh, Destroyer class. I like how the, the design's more, like, simplistic mm-hmm. and that all they do is just run into things and nothing can <laughs> stop them. <laughs> like stampeding elephants. <laughs> yeah. So, Neo, what is your rating then for this series? Um, I'd have to give this uh, three satellite cannons out of five. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Peter? Um, I kind of can't decide on this because I think like a 3.5 is Stop too Stop being low. wishy-washy for one. Just but say something. It's too high. Just give it a freaking number, damn it. So I'll say based on actual quality, a 3.5, but based on my enjoyment, a uh, 4. Hmm. No, 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 no. None of this crap. None of you, like, oh, this is this is like not so good, but I still enjoyed it. None of that wishy-washy Peter bullshit. You give <laughs> one damn rating and that is it. Yeah. Either a three and a half or a four. Which one? Uh, three and a half. All right. Okay. None, none, of, none of your crap this time. I'm going to have any of that shit here. Jesus. What? You're putting, uh, laying the law tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. He was being wishy-washy as hell. Hey, man. So, Solbro, what do you give this series? Well, I got to give it straight three uh, snacked-on cadets out of five. <laughs> All right, I will give it three out of five uncensored boobs. There you go. There you go. Damn, what is this, Total Recall? <laughs> well, I mean three boobs in general, not a three-boob lady. Oh, man. No, so, no symmetry there, man. No symmetry. <laughs> I think uh, with what uh, Teresa's got, she might have enough for one boob. <laughs> oh, there you go. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that explains so, everything. So Stella and Teresa together, there's your three out of five uncensored <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Stella's worth at least like four boobs. <laughs> she is. Indeed. But anyway, we are going to wrap this up. You are listening to Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> Happy birthday. How to say? Well, you could say thank you. Thank you. Gun damn it, Jim. What the hell is the matter with you?
Other people have birthdays. Why are we treating yours like a funeral? Bones, I don't want to be lectured. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Gun Damn! You got to be a stupid mother to get five on your day off. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 117 of Gundam at MAHQ, the first new Gundam of the new year. And in this episode, we just had a single segment where we talked about Muv Love Alternative Total Eclipse. And we were joined by none other than Destiny Gundam, one of the reviewers on MAHQ and a regular at the MechaTalk.net forums. Send him your thanks, and it was cool for him to join us, and uh, many thanks to him for being on the show today. Before we close things out, I w wanted to ask you fellas, any last things to mention? Don't complain about the lack of mailbag. That's right. Um, this episode, we're going to be bypassing the mailbag. We'll be doing it next episode. Sorry about that, everybody, but uh, we are under time crunch today, so we'll get back to the mailbag next up. I pulled a soul, bro, and uh, somebody had tracked me down to do a podcast. I did a the Akari cast. Oh, you were on the Akari cast. Get yeah. out of town. Yeah, I was able to do that, and we spoke about um, some of uh, the the uh, the movies and the TV shows of 2013 that everybody's looking forward to. So uh, I guess check that out whenever whenever this episode comes out, because I think theirs will be up before this comes out. So there you go. Absolutely. After listening to this episode, if you see that episode's up, uh, the way you can find out is by going to reviewtopia.net slash content slash carcast. You can also follow them on uh, the IkariCast on uh, Twitter by following them at Ikari Radio. That's I-K-A-R-I Radio. Definitely uh, follow uh, Kaus and Jeff. They're two good guys, and um, it was cool that you were on there, man. Yeah. Well, all right, man. You're making the rounds now, man. You're, taking, you're going to take my title for this year. Good shit. No, I, 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 it, it, it's still just like the first, first or second week of the year. So. Oh, sure. man. I'm, I'm sure there's 40 other things you'll be on. So right, Amazing. But I guess we will see who is podcast champion of 2013. I don't have any shout-outs this episode, but thanks to all the listeners that support us. And um, you can always follow us on these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook. 
and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear south, Pedro Cortez. And if that's all, thank you again for listening to Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Searching for a love that's... Hey, Samu. How's it going so far? Gold? Hey, I'm just Sandy. Even managed to find Mute. Hey, Samu. Uh, I never told you. Yeah? I'm sorry. Hey. I'll be finished here in a sec. About you and me going out for a drink later. Yeah, sounds great. You're gonna have to wait for me. Be sure and toast our seventh year reunion. Goodbye. I have to go. <laughs> go! <laughs> Please no! At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Where are they? That's Big John. That's Little Raj. Where's Alice? He's the one hot telling it across that field right now. You sure that's him? Yeah. Positive? I don't know. You don't know if you're positive? I don't know what positive means. It means you're sure? Yes. Yes what? Yes, I'm sure that's Ellis Brittle. Positive he did.